This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento, 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 Sacramento. Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 120. My name's Turner Sparks. And I am Mike Kaplan. And isn't it actually season two, episode one? Season two, episode <laughs> one. You can find me at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America on Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Where are Cap we? in America and Lost in America and Turner Sparks, right? Yes. On the podcast today, Very we special. have... Danielle Chang, Danielle Chang, Chang get it excuse right. me, how to pronounce from this. Lucky Chow, from the television show, the hit television show, the Emmy Award winning, pretty soon it's going to win some Emmys, Lucky I mean, Chow. She's, her life's about to change, I, don't, I think she's probably realized that. Well now that she's, you mean that she's hitched her wagon to us? Hitched her wagon to us, that, we're going to blow up the season of Lucky Chow, that's the reviews I'm getting, the early reviews are, this is the most Through fantastic the piece of television I've ever seen. Yes. Emmys, Golden Globes, yeah. Critics' Choice. Every Do we get a Screen Actors Guild Award? We can't win that, right? We're not, we're, I think we get it all. It's better than... You remember yeah. that episode of Charles in Charge when he changed his name to Chaz and he became a bully? <laughs> better uh, than that. Better than that. So. Yeah. Better than when the uh, the um, the Brady Bunch went to Hawaii. Be- yeah. <laughs> better than that better, episode. Wow. Wow. Better than every... The, better all than of- the Seinfeld contest episode and... Yeah, Nazi and everything. Better than when Family Matters, when Urkel <laughs> became a Siobhan or whatever. Better you have an amazing knowledge of these eighties. Uh, all of the hits, uh, every every high point of uh, television in America. It's better than all that. Yeah. All right. Well, we need an Urkel, so that's what it is. people love it. And if you go to LuckyChow.org right now, official website. Who's on the cover of the website? It's me, you, and Danielle Chung. The three mis- three amigos. The three, three musketeers. Amigos. So we're gonna talk to her. We're gonna talk to her. Get more information on our show because I've heard it's playing places around the world, not only in America, but you can see it. But I don't exactly know where. So we're gonna ask her where. Yeah. Then we're gonna talk to her about. She also has a company called Lucky Rice, which is what it all started from. Which is this. Um, it's this food festival, Asian American food festival, which she goes around the United States to different cities. And so we're gonna hit up. You should go check it out when she's in your city. All that. Coming up, but but Kaplan, before all that, my parents gave you a hundred dollars. What happened? I'm done with him. I don't need it. This is great. You just told me this off air, and I want to start with this. Yeah, this is great. Heart attack is uh, a ching ka ching. I think I've made money off this. Thank you very much, Myrna and Gary Sparks. Uh, I got a lovely card in the mail. Your mom has her own stationery. 
and uh, hundred dollars. As any good Gentile mother yeah, does. Is that a Gentile thing? I don't think my mom is stationary, but my my mother in law might. So yeah, I don't think it could be. I think it's not a Jewish Gentile. It's a, it's a generational thing. It's a, I don't know if it's different. Is your mom a different generation than my mom? No, I'm saying I don't <laughs> think young women have. Do they have their own stationery? No, I think that like like my wife still writes thank you notes and still balances a checkbook. I do too. Things, but I don't think the well, younger generation do these things. I don't balance a checkbook. I do um, write you, thank you notes, but I think I'm the last yeah, of the generation. I write thank you emails, which I think is good because I have. Uh, and I will be sending a thank you email. I need to get Myrna and Gary's email just from you. This is not count as they thank you note. They expect a, a thank millennial. you note. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. I got to write a note. All right, I'll write a note. My handwriting's so bad, I feel like it's an insult to people. It's better if I do an email. You don't expect pen. You don't. You don't respect penmanship. My penmanship's terrible. So, but thank you very much. I you know, thank you to everybody who sent. I've had a lot of people send me. Uh, Food baskets. Well, since the last podcast, a lot of people have been asking, what can I do? And the thing is, I know that you, I, can you walk uh, pancakes? Can you take her around or do you need help with that? I can walk her when the weather's nice. When it's really cold, I shouldn't be out there. So, yeah, a little dog walking's helpful. Dog walking's not cheap in New York City. No, if you want to come over and walk her, you can do that. Or if you're going to. Or that's <laughs> a good way. I think that's what my parents are saying the money for. Like, yeah, they say it. dog walking or food or. Get pancakes we, a walk. Yeah. So, that's, uh, it, uh, it'll, it'll go to good use. I won't be. I swear, I'm not betting on Arizona State tonight with the money. <laughs> so, no, you'll double it. Oh, double the bet. Yeah, double the money. <laughs> One half a money line, half of the points. Exactly, Kaplan. If you don't want to dog, uh, walk Kaplan's dog, Amazon. Oh, that's another right way to send me some money. Yeah, but half of it goes to me. <laughs> but you can find us. <laughs> I mean, Amazon. You go to a lostinamericapod.com. This is a great way to contribute to the podcast. Uh, first of all, it's season two. We're excited to be here. All you new listeners for season two. We don't ask you for money. We don't ask for donations. Yeah. But if you're going to buy stuff on Amazon anyway, which you probably are, first go to lostinamericapod.com. The upper right-hand corner, there's a book. Audrey Murray's book is up there, a friend of the podcast. Click through that. It'll take you back to Amazon. Do your regular shopping. A percentage of what you spend comes to us. And it, actually, we make it's usually 100 bucks, a couple yeah. hundred bucks a month. It, makes it pays the, keeps the lights on here. There was some talk that we almost didn't do a second season because a lot of local politicians are protesting our Amazon deal. Jimmy Van Bramer, AOC, they're out there. We're, they got their people. They're saying that we're only serving the rich. We're not union, but you know what? We're pro Amazon. We're pro Amazon, and we need we need we need to eat. So we're please, pro us. If you love the pod, go on Amazon through our website. Exactly. Shopping. So do that, Cap. Now, let's get to Lost in America. Play the music. All right, Cap, we're back. Shout out to De'Aaron Roots. He's back for season two, baby. Fantastic music. I'm going to see him this weekend in Sacramento, California. Yeah, he really back. bought low. He bought, he changed his name to De'Aaron early on in De'Aaron Fox. Now De'Aaron Fox is like a top 15 player in the NBA. He so. changed his name to De'Aaron Roots I mean, the second we drafted. Yeah. Sacramento Kings de- drafted De'Aaron Fox. I mean, I was going to change my name to Markel that year. Thank God I did not. Thank God. <laughs> Markel Fultz is not doing so well. Yeah. Kaplan, you're lost in America this week. What is up? I'm, I think I'm going to be lost in America for a long time now. But uh, It really it, is. I think the theme of season two, which we might have to address. We might need a new intro. <laughs> yeah. And we might have to address the fact that season, two's, season one was a lot about me moving back to America. Well, I'm back now. You're back. Season Season two is a lot about you, this new life of a man with a heart attack. Heart yeah. attack cat. Yeah, like this is this coming to this studio. Or- we're in- 
Can I suggest a nickname? Yeah, sure. Handicap. Handicap. I like that. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that a lot. Handicap. That's me now. I'm disabled. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, hope to use that. I, get a, I need to get a spot for my car. and Because it is. It's like, um, you know, this. I'm in the studio. We're in the end studios today. You can hear that beautiful sound. Thank you, Randy Lee, behind the glass. Emmy Award winning sound. And, uh. I just like I haven't done this other than going to doctors is the only thing I've this is the first thing I've done I haven't got back to work yet in about a month and this has been like a month and it's just like I went to 7-Eleven to get some coffee it's just weird like interacting with people making decisions life on the outside life on the outside I, I was gonna get a taquito for good luck but I looked it up you know how much sodium's in a taquito how much 780 milligrams and I can only have two grams for an entire day, so I could eat two and a half taquitos Wait, you two grams that's all I can have do you know what gra- I, that's a metric system so, so. How many you can have like one hundred eightieth of a taquito? Well, it's seven hundred eighty, so it's like two thousand milligrams I can have. So oh. seven hundred eighty milligrams. That's the problem. You got to know grams. You got, yeah, that's why we're so fat, right? We don't. Uh, no one knows metrics. <laughs> that's the main problem. Yeah, <laughs> no one knows metrics. They know. Uh, yeah, you got to do so, it. In but I can have two and a half inches. taquitos. That could be my diet for the entire day, and then I could eat just like lettuce. I don't know. <laughs> I'm debating that. Don't have, have a taquito, Kaplan. Don't uh, have a taquito. Uh, we also had a lot of uh, worried listeners that you had a chicken parm snuck into the hospital. I had two while bites you of it. Dying. Two bites. So don't do that again. I, People hey, didn't like. I'm looking that. good. I've lost 17, 18 pounds. I haven't kept it off. You are looking um, great. So and you know the, the the big adjustment though. If you're looking at me, you're looking like. Do I look a little different? Do I look like I'm? You look very skinny. All right, but does my does my appearance doesn't look any different to you? I've, I've, no. All right, I'm about so to you do have a reveal. giant. I'm, you have a big cell phone I have on a your pocket. Fanny pack on me, and now I'm gonna do a reveal. I'm gonna take my shirt off for the cameras. Ooh la la! Got, look at this thing. I've got a thing called a life vest. I mentioned it last week. That I might be get. I was trying to get this uh, thing to keep me alive, and this is the big um, problem I'm dealing with. I got this rep came to my house on Saturday. She showed me how it worked. A rep, a rep from the company. Okay. She gave me a whole song and dance. I can't go through security at the airport. Wait, what is this? What I does have, it do? So essentially, what it does is it um it monitors my heart, and if I have an irregular heart rate, it um it, it's ready. If like I have an arrhythmia and I like pass out and would die cause sudden cardiac arrest, it'll shock me back to life. Oh, like a like right. the people like clear, bam. yeah. It gives me one of those exactly. Wow. So it sounds all great. That you sounds know, great. Theory. I want one of those. <laughs> Everyone should have one, right? <laughs> but there's some hiccups along the way. It goes off constantly. Like it's, I'm kind of getting these false. It starts vibrating. I feel like a vibration. You get false electrocuted. So I don't get electrocuted. <laughs> what happens is, is that you have about, you have about 25 seconds. They've told me. Between the false, between the alarm, and you have to show you're a lot, you're awake. An electrocution. An electrocution. Yes. So what happens is it vibrates, it keeps vibrating, and then it goes into siren mode. It's like an ambulance siren, and it gets really, and then it starts telling you. As you get to the last five seconds, it will say, "Bystanders, stand back," and then a gel will release. And then I would get shocked. Holy now, guacamole! So the first night, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm bystander get- stand back. That means it's such a big shock, it could actually shock other people around you. Right. Well, it, it no, it's like a no it, smoking, yeah. not even, not even outside our building. So, and and, and uh, we'll start with that. You bring up a, you say bystander. I want to go on living a normal life, right? Yeah. How can I be on the subway? I'm like sitting there in my own world, listening to a podcast, reading a book. Don't notice the vibration. All of a sudden, this thing yells, Vi- "Bystander, stand back!" I've got this patch on me. I've got a thing strapped to me. People are going to think I have a bomb. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be allowed to fly with that thing. Great. So I have a card 
for TSA, I can't go through a TSA, like a checkpoint. Oh, that's amazing, thing. actually. Now I, I really I, want one. I got a card. It's like a note from a doctor. Yeah, so I don't know what they, they have to pat me down. You like you got a TSA pre-check. Pre- yeah, exactly. Word, yeah. <laughs> so I'm very concerned. So I went to sleep the first night because I keep getting these things. Every time I move around, the alarm goes off. Sure. And I press the buttons. and I get. But, you know, when I'm sitting still, it's pretty good. The first night I'm sleeping, three in the morning, all of a sudden, <laughs> By st- and I'm like, wh- I'm like, you wake up <laughs> and you're like, I, like I hadn't woken up from the vibration. You wake up and you have 27 seconds. I have, <laughs> well, now shocked. I'm already at the vibe. It's like 10 seconds before it gets the ambulance. So now I've got 15 seconds or so, and I'm pressing the buttons and, oh. and you know, I sleep with my wife as as people do nowadays. You know, she sleeps in the bed next to- with me, and I have a dog. Did you push her out of bed? Well, no, it's like very stand by. It's, it's a big sacrifice because you know she's woken up now and she's in a big panic. Sure, I'm like dead. The dog, this noise. I mean, any noise sets my dog. I mean, pancakes is gonna pee the bed. Yeah. So it's very, you know, you know, the thing that I was thinking when I was in the hospital was that, you know, when you get married, when you buy, when you when all these things you do, it's like a big like, uh, you have to, it's a big decisions you make, and you're thinking about your whole life. And the thing I did not think about when I got married was how would my wife to be doing like if I have a heart attack and everything's turned upside down. So Randy's been fantastic. I, I'm, this is my advice part of the thing. I'm telling people, you got to think about this. Don't just think about the sex and the money and the this and the that, everything, <laughs> the kids and all that shit. Think about, you know, because if you're going to be with someone who's going to be like, no, you can't, I can't, I can't sleep. You, you, you got to choose me or uh, this or ambulance. Or your heart. Or your heart. <laughs> me or your heart. <laughs> now, so... I would okay, but I would say that most people... It says richer or poor, sickness or health. We, but the Jews don't say that. Oh, uh, they just say what? We we just have a bunch of stuff in Aramaic. Just richer. And it's just richer, exactly. <laughs> so I'm telling you, you Jews out there, we did this for a reason. You got to be careful when you got married. The person might bail. Oh. So, you know, so, um, so, but I've chosen Randy's, she's got to sleep, pancakes, Kaplan, it means the world to me. I don't want her to be stressed out. So I'm not sleeping with this thing. Because I, and You're I- You're not sleep. wait, what? Because I can't wake up with a siren every night. I, I can't do it either. So that's my choice at the moment. We'll, we'll see what my doctor says. Wait, first the chicken. Are you eating a chicken parm while you sleep? Not, not with that thing on? I'm not eating a chicken parm. You're making all the... It's hopefully I mean, a doctor's listening I've been eating listening very healthy. Cap, just wear it. Would you like to... I'm telling you, it's very stressful. If this thing goes off, you know, all the time. Every time... I, when I'm, I walked pancakes this morning. It went to, off about 10 times while I was walking or 15 minutes. It's very stressful. So I... I'm like, I'm surprised. I'm doing the podcast right now because it hasn't gotten off. If it goes off on the air, it's, you're going to see it. It's going to throw me off. So it's yeah, but it can throw us off. You're still alive. Quality of life. Qual- All right. <laughs> I hope this isn't our last podcast. <laughs> this folks. is in my orders and my living will. That I, 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 if I'm wearing it 16 hours a day, you sleep eight. That's pretty good. <laughs> I don't wear in the shower. Uh, I feel pretty good about that. It's increasing my chances of not dropping dead. Okay. So that's that's where I stand. This could be the last episode. This could be the last episode. <laughs> speaking of the last... Speaking of... Well, th- we did get some good reviews in. If this is the last episode, should we get to the reviews? We had people... So you guys, we love reviews because we love positive uh, feedback. We don't like negative. Yeah. If you have something negative to say, just don't say it. Don't leave a no, review. No, if you write a five-star review on iTunes, you could say something negative. Oh, I see. That's true. Yeah, as yeah. long as it's five stars. As long as it's five stars. So we just got a great one in. Go to Am- I mean, go to iTunes. Leave us a review. Give us a rating. Should we we'll read, read it? it on the pod. Let's, Let's read it on the pod. Let's call it hate mail, though, so we can play the hate mail music. Play the hate mail music. Don't hate
Love the hate mail music. Cap, what do we got? So we got a new five-star review, and it says, Each week seems to get better. They have a new guest each week, so the show seems to stay fresh. I like that. That's true. It's too bad that Kaplan had a heart attack, but this was the best podcast yet. See? That's what I've been saying. Heart attack, totally worth heart it. Heart attack equals a ratings. If it's good content, I also, I've been getting tons of great reviews on that last podcast, so... Yeah, I'm glad I could help. It was both informative and funny. They kept a very serious subject very funny. It's always interesting to have someone give first-hand information. They make a good pair of give and take on the air. Look at that. A little give and take for me and Handicap. Should I say who it's from, the review? Sure, say who it's from. It's from, uh, oh, J.B. Kessel. Is that my father-in-law? <laughs> Is it your father-in-law? <laughs> it might be. I JB... believe that's my father-in-law, unless that's uh, another Kessel. So that's uh, exciting. That he's. I'm glad he's upset that I had a heart attack. Well, thank you, J.B. Kessel. I agree with him. The heart attack was worth it. <laughs> I agree with that. And, you know, anything for good content. But it was good to have you. Um, it is because I've never had a heart attack. Most people don't know anyone who's had a heart attack that they can yeah. really ask the questions yeah. to. That was the feedback I got. Like, you answered honestly. Most times someone has a heart attack, what do you, yeah. you don't know what to say. So yeah. you just say, like, oh, sorry it happened, and then everyone yeah. moves on. I mean, on. Randy told me listening to the episode she got, like, PTSD. Sure, well, she's she, like, it's yeah. very emotional for her. She was a little she, too close. Yeah, she was close to it. And I was like, yeah, well, it's how I deal with it. I like to have a little fun, inform people. Exactly. And uh, I'll keep doing that week by week. We'll go on this journey uh, together, you and me, the audience, as I recover, hopefully, to uh, my previous top shape. Yes. <laughs> and you know who else is in top shape? Yeah. Ents. Ents is in fantastic shape. Ents is an app. It's in the app store. It's also for Android. It's everywhere now. Ents is all over the place. It's up to five-minute audio recordings. I'm using it all the time. I use it a lot more than I ever... I'd say my Ents usage has one of those... It just skyrockets up. Yeah, you get those statistics now. You get those emails where it's like, you're up 99% this week, your engagement. Exactly. I've been Ents featured a couple times. But I use it just back and forth, talking to you, talking to Randy Lee, talking to uh, JMP, Jennifer Miles Peak. Yeah. Uh, people all over the place just to communicate, just like you would a messenger or something, but it's voice. So it's not as much like, I don't use it as much for, um, doing big, long rants. Yeah. It's good to do it. I my advice to all the answers out there. Do keep it short. 30 seconds. Under 30 seconds. If you really have a good story. Yeah. You can go up to five minutes, but who's going to sit there and listen to a thing on their phone for five minutes unless it's incredibly compelling. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have a song or something that's different, but if you're, if you got a joke or a story, just keep it, just punch it out. So it's like Twitter for audio, basically, yes. but also it can be direct communication with people. You can direct yeah. message people privately. It's awesome. They're doing a great job over here. The, the app's getting better all the time. It's yeah, really easy to use. They're picking up Steam. There's every, any, every day now, it seems a little more... I came back, and there's like all these new people roaming the halls. I will so. say, also, I'm not going to mention the brand, but this other one contacted me recently, and they're like, hey, Turner... We know you're a comedian in New York City. We have this great new app that's really good for comedians. It's up to five-minute audio messages. Are you me they ripped out fence? I didn't even respond. They've emailed me twice now. I get want to respond. Blue to shirt. Like, get should the you, F out. Well, you should get blue shirt and should hire blue shirt to uh, tell them to back the fuck off. That's this true. Is, I think I will. This is uh, this is our client. Yeah, I'm going to get blue shirt involved. These people are scumbags. Here's going to have to have some people rough them up. Let's do it. <laughs> Take them down. Downtown. All right, Cap. We got Danielle Chang. She's Danielle here. Chang waiting right outside. Should we get her in? Let's bring her in. Come on in. All right, we're back with our guest, Danielle Chang. Welcome to the show. Hello, Ni Hao. Ni Hao. <laughs> That's how we enter in this yes. podcast. We did your show. Was that two weeks ago? 
Or no, it's airing all over the U.S. We now. did it about two it's years ago. It's airing though. all over. And I have to say that, you know, you guys are the marquee image for Lucky yes! Child Season 3. That's what we like to hear. I went on the website. It's the yes. three of us as the main picture. I know. Best looking guys that we had <laughs> yeah. all season. Well, shots fired at us. Uh, who else do you have on? <laughs> the other guys. Exactly. Whoever they were. Um, <laughs> ugly guys. I want to start with this, though, because I was, I was doing research for this podcast yesterday about you. Is this is the show is Lucky Chow also airing in Asia on National Geographic or is that wrong? It's seasons one and two aired on National Geographic. We don't know yet. Hello, National Geographic. You've hey, got to pick us up. Listen yeah. up. Well, now that they know we're involved, yeah, yeah of they, course. You can get lost in America. Get in bed with us. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's. But, we, our royalties go way up though, right? That's how it works. Oh yeah, we haven't Something seen like we that. haven't seen yeah, any money exactly. yet. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you'll get you'll get a couple of renminbi from it. Chi Kui Yun. But, um, you know, you can see it um, internationally on Amazon and on iTunes. Really? So anybody, anywhere can watch us riff we're, about We're on Amazon? Softy. Yeah. Get, we are, yes. What? Wait, now we're on yeah. Amazon. That's our sponsor. <laughs> we're also on Saudi Air. Uh, Saudi Airways, yes! Thai Airways, and a couple of fun spots. Yeah. So the My Saudi, dream, every Kaplan <laughs> dreams of being on Saudi Air. <laughs> the Saudi royalty. Good thing we didn't say anything bad about the Saudi. Uh, I love, I've always been a fan of MBS. Don't go to t- a Turkish embassy. <laughs> no. <laughs> big fan, big fan. Wait, fans. really? So we're on airplanes in Saudi Arabia? Yeah. And also, like, we're on Bilibi Bilibi. It's a Chinese uh, VOD service. Wait, Billy Billy. Billy Billy. Billy, Billy. I know that. <laughs> I they you know they what they is, sponsor it's like uh well you can say what it is, it's like um go it, ahead it's like YouTube but in China right yeah yeah, yeah. and they sponsor the Shanghai Sharks basketball team oh, okay they sponsor the team I used to be a big fan of the Shanghai okay. Sharks when I was living out there they sponsor the team and this is how hardcore it is in other countries they don't do this in America they paid enough money to sponsor the Shanghai Sharks that they're not the Shanghai Sharks anymore they're the Shanghai Billy Billy <laughs> they changed the name yeah. <laughs> It'd be like the Knicks becoming like the New York YouTube. But then when the sponsorship ends up, they like revert back to sharks. So they go to the next sponsor. Or... I, I unclear in yeah. English. They're still called the sharks, but in in Chinese, when I went to the game, they're like they're like Billy 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 Billy. Billy, Billy. Yeah, like Billy Billy Jayo, Billy Billy Jayo. And I'm oh, like, that what? sounds Billy? better than sharks Jayo sharks <laughs> yeah. Jayo. And I was like, what's Billy Billy? They're like, oh, it's this like new like video <laughs> streaming platform, it's like Hulu maybe or something similar. Shaka. So you can watch us in China. Yes. We have a ton of listeners in China, all over Asia. Yes, absolutely. You can watch us in China. You can also just go to pbs.org. Yes. And that's all over the world, too? It is. Amazon. So that changes my intro at comedy shows. They got to be like, you've seen this ex comedian on, on Amazon, on Saudi Airlines. Saudi Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> you've been on Saudi Airlines. You got to go with that one. What was the other one besides Saudi? Thai Airways. Thai Airways. Oh. Oh. Weber's on his way back from Thailand soon. He'll have yeah. to watch. I have a beef yeah. to pick with Thai Airways, actually. Yeah, tell us. They don't, they don't serve booze. They don't? No. It's well, like, why do you think I'm in Thailand? Okay, I'm banishing that on my nice. fly list. Yeah. Even out. if I can watch Lucky Chow. <laughs> yeah. Does Saudi Air sell booze? Or is that our theme? We're on all the airlines that don't sell booze. <laughs> I have no idea. Wow, that's who made that deal to get us on Saudi Airlines? Well, actually, you know, it's a co-production with APT, so American Public Television, and they syndicate the show internationally. Oh. So they get to go to like MIPCOM and CON and oh, wow. they get to go to Is that a festival all, in the Yeah, it's it, all the fun festivals. What about you? Why don't you get, do you get to go too? I don't get to go because they're representing me and it's just, you know, they represent like a bunch of shows. They have their booths and they right. sell What about the upfronts? 
Yep. Do, do they have PBS up? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think all three of us need to do that. Yeah. I'm we'll go sit in a booth it. at a, con- a convention. So, <laughs> so this me. show, um, well, first let's start with you. You were born in Taiwan? Born in Taiwan okay. to Shanghainese parents. Oh, So you cool. make what you want of that. <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? <laughs> oh, yeah. People are always like, oh, you you Taiwanese, you're such sticklers for not being Chinese. Oh, or, sure, sure. You know, sure. they're like, oh, you have to, you have to actually qualify that you're a Taiwanese born from China. Chinese parents, you know. The but isn't that like ninety percent of Taiwanese people are from Chinese yes. family? I think mainland yes. Chinese families. Yes. Unless you're a native. Taiwan. Uh, uh, yes, unless you're an Aborigine, which is a really small percentage yeah. of the island. Sure. Um, but most people come from Fuzhou, which is just right across sure. the waters. I've been there. You can see Taiwan from, like, you can see ta- islands owned by Taiwan mm-hmm. from mainland China. You yeah. go to the beach, and yeah. they're right there. I'm pretty... by ta- Taiwan has islands? Taiwan like, is an they, island, but I mean they've yeah islands? yeah they have out they oh, have yeah. like outlying oh, islands. Nice. I thought they're just and the furthest one out is literally like a few hundred yards, mm-hmm. maybe maybe if maybe not a mile. It's definitely less than a mile because you can just look out into the beach and see it. Yeah, it's I'm pretty excited because in a couple of weeks I'm going to an island just off of Taiwan for spring break with my kids. But oh, cool. it's actually part of Japan. I'm going to the Okinawa Islands. Oh. Um, but it's like for the most the eastern part of the Kyushu uh, prefecture. But it's only about an hour away from Taiwan. Like I'm actually flying to Taiwan and transferring there, whereas it's about three hours from Japan. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That'll but, be cool. Yeah. So you swim with the sharks. Oh yeah, the Billy Billies. <laughs> Whatever are left. Yeah. <laughs> so your parents started out in Shanghai, moved to Taiwan, and then moved to the U.S. Exactly. And now they're back in Shanghai. You know how that wow. goes. Wow. Yeah. Full circle. Global. So then, when did you come to the United States? I came here when I was five. So. Oh, really early. Yeah, I've been catching up ever since because uh, did you come to I, New York? Or? No, I I basically I went to L.A. and okay. I. St- did not speak a lick of English, and so I had to take kindergarten twice because mm. I was already already in kindergarten in Taiwan um, when my parents decided to move to the U.S. And so when I arrived in kindergarten, they were like, "We can't put you in this class. You don't even know who Elmo is. You can't say <laughs> you don't know what the difference between an A and a B is." So I had to like basically oh, be held that. behind, and so I've been catching up my whole life. That, <laughs> you could argue that motivated you for your success. Like I when you get guess. Back to, you gotta redo kindergarten. It's like it's how Michael Jordan didn't make exactly. his uh, high school basketball team. Yeah. It's really weird. And then I was on this total rush. I had to graduate from college early. So oh, make it up. Yeah, I did. I graduated from college early, and then I graduated from grad school early too. And then I'm like, now what am I going to do with all this time? <laughs> right? Like it didn't make a difference. How old were you I just when you graduated? To go back. I, w- I mean, I would give anything to have another year in college i mean who would yeah, it's right? a few, whenever i, I hear like, anybody's gonna graduate early i always tell them wait what that's are you doing the, that's the next show <laughs> yeah you go back to college for one year i know i would love to <laughs> take the that saudi that airlines <laughs> relish just going back to school instead of having to work for a living yeah it's, it's one amazing? of those things that sounds really cool like i'm gonna graduate college early but then later on in life you're like oh wait why I know. And then you're like, when can I graduate from this job? Like, yeah. can you give me a raise? I've been here for a while. Or, you know. So I need to get my parent, my kids to graduate early, though, because they'll save me a lot of money. 
So I'm in favor of it for them, but anybody else? Over your kids. Uh, for my kids, yeah. I love graduating. It's great for the parents. Yeah, great for the parents, right. but, you know. Saving a year of college money? I mean, that's mm-hmm. like... Theoretically, the kids should then argue, you should pay me, like, negotiate, give me half that money, the money I saved you, something, you know? I tried to do it with my parents because I never needed braces. <laughs> and so I was like, but my brother did, and they oh, said yeah. they saved money for braces, so I'm like, just give me the money. Yeah, give me at least I half. was brushing my teeth every day. Yeah, you were doing the flossing. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping them the straight. The way the kids... Just completely conned the parents, you know. I mean, this is my brother, you know, he better not be listening. He would be so embarrassed, but he used to like wet his bed on purpose. And he'd be like, <laughs> If I don't wet my bed, you pay me, okay? Because oh, of the money I'm saving you. It's <laughs> a billion from dollars. Doing my sheets. <laughs> wow, real terrorism. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait, you have kids, right? I have two kids. How old are your teenagers. kids? Teenagers. Lovely. Wow. I have a 13 and a 15 year old. So. Oh. That's uh, kind of like Kaplan has little kids. I have a six and a four year old. So, okay. what happens between six and four and fifteen and thirteen? Well, I'll tell you, in my household, there's a lot of hormones going around. Uh, do your boys, girls, uh, want to be each? No, I've got two girls that are, you know, getting their period oh. and becoming teenagers, <laughs> and then there's a mom who's going on the other end. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot of screaming and fighting, and well, happy fighting, right? <laughs> How's your husband doing? We're divorced. Oh, you are. <laughs> he was he lucky. Saw this he was lucky to have gotten out of this. Yeah, we've been divorced about two years ago. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, feel like it's all good. You know, yeah. whenever people say, "Oh, you're divorced," you always have to say, "No, no, no, it's all good." But <laughs> in this case, it really is all good. <laughs> That's great. What? Um, okay, so wait, L- Lucky Rice. Yes, was the first. Lucky Chow came out of Lucky Rice. The exactly. Show. Right. So let's get back to Lucky Rice. Yeah. How did that all start? So Lucky Rice started 10 years ago. Um, it's kind of just my lifelong dream to start a company that talked a little bit about my heritage. Um, something that I could really brand as a lifestyle company that spoke to Asian culture. Because, you know, I've always been a culture freak. I've worked in culture businesses. I studied art history, studied critical theory. Um And, you know, if you remember 10 years way back then, we were just getting used to the idea of eating ramen as uh, a specialty chef's food. You know, we were kind of done with, like, California rolls. Everybody had California rolls in supermarkets from coast to coast. Even my kids eat California rolls. Yeah, Yeah. but we were still kind of taking our Chinese food in takeout boxes, and Asian food was not as sophisticated as it is today. And I think with the new generation um, of Asian food lovers, I wanted to create kind of a platform that brought the chefs and the eaters and just everybody that was interested kind of in discovering uh, new cultures through food together. And in this case, specifically Asian food. So Lucky Rice started then 10 years ago as a festival in New York City. And then we brought it on the road and we took it to L.A. and San Francisco, uh, Miami, Las Vegas. We had fun with this. Um, I can tell you, I used to live in Miami. There yes. was there's no Asian food in Miami. You know, you say that, but Miami is one of our most popular markets because... Probably because they don't have it. <laughs> they don't have it in the sense that we have these, um, you know, more traditional mom and pop shops but if you think about the most popular restaurants in Miami it's like Hakkasan or 
uh, Mr. Chow or Tao. That's true. I forgot about like the Miami Beach, mm-hmm. South Beach, seventy-five dollar yeah. no uh, spring roll uh, <laughs> restaurants where you get one. No boom. Yeah, yes. no boom. Yeah, yeah, all those kind of places. So people are actually like. Hey, you know, let's go out. I love Asian food, and there's a lot of Asian food, a lot of, um, you know, mashups between Asian and Latino cuisine. So, I mean, Nobu, for instance, it's really Peruvian Peruvian, cuisine. Chino Latino, I've I've recently heard about. Exactly, exactly. It's the funniest name for food. I love it. It's so great, and um, I think this year... Um, we haven't announced it yet, so breaking news. Yes, but uh, on it for our Miami festival, it's the year of the pig, so we're gonna roast two pigs. I'm in one Chinese style, tassel style, and then one Cuban style. So it is is the ultimate Chino Latino mashup. Wait, when is that? When is the? (laughs) It's gonna be in November when everybody's freezing their butts off and. Shanghai or New York, and Miami's the place to be right around Art Basel. I'm in. I'm 100 percent in. <laughs> Anytime there's a pig and Miami, I'm in. Yeah. So Good. you. So we t- we've actually talked about this on the pod. Is that when like so I left the United States 2004. I came back in 2016. But before I left, at least when we were all growing up. Asian food just meant Chinese food. And yeah. it basically meant like Chinese takeout. Right. And then it became Japanese food more in like the 90s, I feel like. Japanese like, was next. A, yeah. And then Thai. Thai came about around like the early 2000s, I feel like, especially in LA. Yeah. That was, was all like California, at least. Time, certain points where my, when my mom would come home and she'd be like, <laughs> ooh, there's a new Thai restaurant yeah. in Sacramento, which is where I'm from. There's a Thai restaurant. Let's go see, eat Thai food. That I think, town's the same way where I'm from. Yeah. Like, there's Thai now. It came like maybe it came, very late, it came later. <laughs> and then maybe, what's the order? of Asian foods that have become popular in America? I don't know. Well, I think, you know, the Chinese definitely, they immigrated here the the longest ago. So, you know, you're meeting fourth generation Chinese Americans that came here to build the railroad. And so there's a Chinese restaurant basically anywhere you go in the world. And they got and the they, juice hooked on it. So we They all serve ambassadors. Something like a golden walk, right? The, the names are like Golden Pagoda or yeah. Golden Walk sure. or... You know, something dynasty, and they all sort of have the the same menu, right? That's definitely changing. I think now you see a lot of regional Chinese foods, um, even home in New York City. And then you're right. Then the Japanese came along, and then the Chinese were like, what? How come you're (laughs) serving, you know, teriyaki chicken and rice and miso soup for double the price of what we're serving our Chinese food for? So then you had... This slew of Chinese people serving Japanese yes, food. You know, oh, you remember going I've to Japanese restaurant? That actually still happens now. <laughs> I try yeah. not to. If I see like a sushi bar at a place that is serving Chinese food, I try yeah. not to eat those places. Oh, the combo um, is the worst. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't want to go to a Chinese and Japanese restaurant. Right. And then Thai. So right. All three, yeah. And then they're like, the Yanga combo. You know, and you're like, oh, okay. I don't know if this is a real authentic uh, Japanese restaurant that I slipped into. But then you're right. And then there's the Thai food, and it was always this curry, right? Do you want the yellow, the green, or the red? That was it. Right. Yeah. And that was it. And you and want beef, pork, or vegetable? Yeah. And I think that now that's really changed a lot as well. Now people are realizing, oh, there's this Isan cuisine in northern Thailand. Or, you What's know, that? it's delicious. It's like the cuisine of Chiang Mai, and it has like a lot of influence from. 
um, from Burma, and it's really spicy. It, there's a lot of salted, you know, meats and sausages. It's just, it's absolutely my favorite. And then, you know, you've got like Bangkok cuisine or more Central Thai cuisine, which is more Chinese influence. So it, you know, it all stems through migration and and Vietnamese it, food seems to be charging up, charging up the ranks now, right? Oh yeah, well, pho, everything, um, yeah. and Korean food. Yeah, I think people oh. aren't scared anymore by that like really red sauce. Sure, that uh, scared me for about a decade. Yeah, <laughs> I would say yes. And the Korean barbecues, it was the it was my last one I wanted to try. I think, but it's so good, and it actually has so much in common with like. Western cuisine, if you want to give it chicken. that kind of large <laughs> yeah, fried name. Chicken. But barbecue, but, yeah. right? Yeah. Barbecue, like a lot of salads. It's just delicious. So what's the one, what's the ones that we don't know about yet? I think Filipino cuisine. I mean, Filipinos yeah. are the second largest Asian American group, but yet their cuisine is so underrecognized. Do you like it? I don't really like it. I don't really like it. <laughs> That's the problem. I, I remember know, going to a Filipino place years. Yeah, it wasn't. It's pretty bland. I don't wouldn't call it bland, but it's like you know a lot of like big chunks of meat, and I mean the Filipinos eat all parts of the animal. I mean most people should, I think, but um, there's just certain flavors to it, like the fermentation. Um, I think that takes a while for people to get used to. What's the live bird? Oh, that's a baloo. Baloo. So yeah, they it, eat live birds. It's actually what it is. What? It's a duck. <laughs> I'm serious. It's a duck embryo, and it's actually the Close. most popular street food in the Philippines. Does it have feathers? It does. Oh. You know what? It's like if you have like a um, an egg that's about to be hatched into a duck, but it doesn't quite make it there. It's served as a balloon. <laughs> it's kind of steamed up and like seventh you poke trimester. it in. <laughs> yes. And it's actually delicious if you don't think about what you're eating. Is it really? I've never had it. It is. It's like a this very thick chicken soup brothy thing, but then it's crunchy too because and it's bones. feathery because right. there's bones and there's hair in it. <laughs> crunchy! <too. laughs> oh my god. But it's got the texture and it's like it has the the smoothness of the egg custard. It's, egg custard? You gotta try it. Next time I'll I'm bringing okay. you a balloon. <laughs> I'll try it. Is it live? Is it loud? Is it like no, it's cooked. Oh, it's, cooked. Okay. it's like eating a lobster. It's you pick it dead. out of it. It's yeah. Oh, it is it's dead. Steamed. Oh, yeah. oh, it's dead. I it's thought it was dead. alive. It's basically just being it's, killed. It's basically like lightly steamed. It's like, <laughs> it's, like you, it's not dead, but it's dying. It's like when you go to your diner and you pick lightly out a lobster in a tank and it's you throw like it in having thing. an egg. Okay, but this egg is developed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. But it's they do love it. Sad. I think I'm Little. becoming pro-life during this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've just found a lot of Filipino food to me. It's heavily fried a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. a little, it's yeah, like the Irish well, food of Asia. Yes. Yeah. The curry yeah. is a little, it's a little bland. Irish. but um, and Very vinegary, though. You know, like the adobo, which is their stew. Like everybody's grandma has their adobo. Yeah. And um, it varies from region to region. And it's basically... You know, something that people get into big cat fights about. Like, no, my grandmother's adobo is better than yours. <laughs> yeah. you know. What about Cambodian food? Or what is Cambodian? I've been to a I've been to a Cambodian restaurant. I remember in a 
What is it? In East Village. I don't remember being, I can't remember what the specifics were. <laughs> so I'm trying, that's what I'm asking. Well, I, I mean, remember there being curries. It was like similar to yeah, Thai, but a little it different. It is. I think the closest yeah. way to describe it is like Thai cuisine. You know, a lot of the Southeast Asian cuisines there. I'm a huge fan of that. Like the Vietnamese cuisines, the Cambodian cuisines, Laotian, et cetera. It just, just has so many great herbs. Um, it's very herbaceous. It has just a lot of, um, local ingredients and pounded, you know, they use mortar and, and pestle to make their spices. It's just really like aromatic and fragrant. I, I find think- the Vietnamese food, I think there's so much beyond, like we, we do a big thing in America where we adopt one style of food, but really only like three things off the menu from that country, Right. We did it with like General Tso's chicken, which actually is from is that from Taiwan or from America or somewhere. Well, there's a study about that that says that General Tso never lived. So there's no such person. There's no such person as General Tso. I thought it was, it was a Taiwanese a total myth. general. No, it was a Chinese general, but um, it's apparently um, Jennifer Aitley wrote this great book called The Fortune Chronicles. It's like Santa Claus. About the myth of the fortune cookie and the myth Wait, of General So. Chinese people don't write fortune cookies and pass you know them down. What? <laughs> That's from San Francisco. <laughs> I've been where those are invented, actually, in, San Fr- in Chinatown. Have you been there for, for the show? I haven't because I feel like. You know, kind of like everybody's been there. Everyone we knows that. Do something yeah, new, you're right. You know. So, what are you doing on the show? Oh, wait. So, I have one more food question to ask about. Then we'll get to the show. Um, what do you think about? So, my two of my favorite kinds of foods in Asia that I don't think have gotten here yet really is a Burmese food. Mm-hmm. It's, a mix, it's, Burmese, it's a mix yeah. of like Indian food and. Yeah. What we know of like Asian, regular Chinese or whatever. Yeah. Well, the Burmese are heavily Chinese, you know, um, it, it by blood. and The wealthy uh, ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other, no, but there's Indians there too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's right a on the border. A lot of Indians. Yeah. Um, the thing is, though, you have to figure out how do you get them to become trendy? Because like, like Vietnamese food, I think, is helped by the fact that you could say to like, like my parents would be like, well, there's a French influence. You could talk them into eating it. Then they'll try it because, like, oh, it's a little bit like. It's French also food. fresh. So you need like, what's the selling point? Like, how do you get Burmese food to like become popular in America? Like, that's the I, I don't know. Yeah, I key? mean, well, celebrity could, chefs, celebrity you know, chefs. somebody that's what we need. Somebody like David Chang could all of a sudden say, you know, Burmese food is the best food <laughs> yeah, I've ever right. eaten, and I'm only cooking Burmese food from now on. Or Kaplan, we're talking to an influencer yeah, right that's now. Why, that's why I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm asking. How how do you actually influence? Or them? you know like, what? The government could get behind it. Like that's really how Japanese food the, all of a sudden became so popular in the what? U.S. Yeah, tell us more. Well, I mean, it's 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 not a real secret, but you know, the the ministry um, really came in and said we're going to promote as a way to promote Japanese culture, Japanese tourism, oh, the Japanese, Japanese economy, we're going to use food as a vehicle to really promote it. And so all of a sudden, people are going to places like Nobu mm-hmm. and spending $100 a person eating it. And down the st- If they spend $100, we throw them out. There's <laughs> more than that. And then down the street, that poor Chinese person can't get $10. See what you're doing, Kaplan? <laughs> with your Nobu? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, the Sakatinis is where they really get you. But yeah, that's the that's the move. So these countries, Burma, they need to step it up. That's get, a get great idea. To... <laughs> I never thought about it. Is that why everyone's going to Iceland now? Yeah, they're they probably everyone. Yeah. No one in the world went to Iceland until three years ago. Cheap yeah. airline tickets. They, like, maybe Air, it's government like, subsidized. It must be. Yeah. It must be some promotion they're doing. Yeah, no, the best way to fly anywhere around the world is if you do a layover in Iceland. 
It's you all can fly be- to Israel for like two fifty. You can stop oh, in Iceland. It's, so, really? yeah, it's, it's like everyone who was going to Vegas <laughs> ten years ago is now going to Iceland. Yeah, it's the new how Vegas. Do you, how do you recruit the douchebags? <laughs> yeah, yeah the government ministry. <laughs> so Burmese food. Yeah, you're right. Or if there's a celebrity chef like some guy from Burma. Yeah. Who somehow is like, it's a good story, right? He's like an immigrant, Mm -hmm. and then he becomes a chef, and then you or David Mm -hmm. Chang or one of your types. Well, we've done a lot of that kind of stuff. You know, like we promoted Mechanese cuisine, Macau. Did you ever think about going to Macau for its food? I've been there for its food. I love the food. Actually, I went there to gamble, but I've had the food. It's really good, right? It is. And so we promote Macau, but we'll bring their chefs over. So explain Mechanese food. Macanese food is really Portuguese. Um, a lot of right, it is por- because it was a Portuguese uh, colony right. for a long time. Um, and there was a, it was Dutch influence there as well. And so, you know, their best known food is served with French fries instead Ooh. of rice. Um, with a lot of fish I remember having. Yeah. Right? It's like a port. That's, my, that's why this could catch on because I, I'm telling you, when you, a lot of people are skeptical. They don't like to try things. But you throw in the Portuguese influence, and they're, it's like the French influence. They're like, oh, I'll try that. That's Because you know. it's a combo. It's a combo. Mm-hmm. Certain it's, stuff. They're a little scared off. They're not scared off anymore. French well, fries. I mean, I'll tell you what, like, the peeve is, between, you know, when we're, when, like, just a closed group of Chinese restaurateurs or something. We're like, what is with these Italian people? <laughs> How come they get to serve a plate of pasta with just tomatoes, like, a tiny thumbful of basil and charge $26 for it. I, I don't like and basil. They call it gravy. Listen, we're anti-Italian on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We've made that. We've made ourself. And they serve all sorts of the animal, right? Like The rabbit. Well, <laughs> head to toe, you know. Which is good. Chalet, whatever. It's delicious. I love it. I just stood in De Paolo for two hours the over the weekend to get my guanciale. But, you know, you call it Chinese and people don't want to eat it. You know, they're like, we're not eating. Do you know, wait, what about this? That uh, we found out recently on the podcast that MSG has never been bad for you. This was a government scam in America to get people to stop eating as much Chinese food. You know, there's a lot of debate about that because, you know, MSG is an amino acid and it's, so it's naturally occurring, but it can be made as a, you know, flavor enhancer. So companies... Do make make it in bulk, and it is a really cheap way to like amp up the flavor. But certain people are allergic to it. So is sugar and salt exactly. and everything else. My whole childhood exactly. was, was was parents and relatives going to Chinese food and being like, no MSG, and they'd be like, I could taste the MSG. It was always a thing, right? Right. But no, why? No, they, no, no one knew on. why. They were just everyone was like, that. don't exactly. ask for no MSG. You were cool. You know what you're talking about. The restaurant. You know how to eat healthy. But yeah, it was all discrimination. It was. It's discrimination. the kind of racism that <laughs> I come from a long line of racism. Yes. <laughs> I don't, uh, the other food I like, uh, so the Macanese food, that's a, good, that's a good one. People should try that. Is there anywhere in America to even get that? Yeah, where do we get some Macanese? There is Macau Trading Co. Ooh. Yeah. That's they're, in Tribeca, they're really, right? It is in Tribeca. Yeah, I it's, never really thought about it. I've right. Well, bar. they're really known for their, like... It's like a place to drink, really. Yeah. Yeah. Their bar food. But... Um, yeah, they have, like, American food, don't they? Like, do they have... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have chicken wings. Yeah, like wings. <laughs> I didn't know it was, like, actually Macanese food. Yeah. What's cool, what I like about that is, or going, like, Macau, when I was living in China for so long, and you would go to Macau, it was a place to get, like, a, like, almost like a European type of food, but in the middle of Asia, which you can't get uh, authentically. Mm-hmm. They make it authentically, right? Because they're born with it and they grow up with it. Yeah. Well, nowadays, it's like the ferry from Hong Kong to Macau is 45 minutes. Yeah. So fast. Awesome. Yeah. And in Hong Kong, you can pretty much get anything. True. 
But it just felt more authentic because those people were from there. They'd grown up with it and all that stuff, as opposed to like some Brit flying in and like, hey, mate, it's chips. <laughs> uh, fish and chips. Good point. Yeah. Um, and then the last food I want to talk about is the uh, Xinjiang food. Oh. Western China. Yeah. That's my number one favorite. Cuisine. Yeah, that's my number that one, one favorite. That's got food like shawarma really? going on or something you were telling? Or it's like, uh, it's a mix of like, uh, yeah, Muslim food and Chinese food. It's a lot of lamb, a lot of cumin. And it hasn't. Mm. Human. It hasn't caught on in America. I feel like yeah. I don't understand why not. It'll be huh. like, yeah, it's like Muslim food, but a bet over like a bed of noodles. Right. It could be, you know. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you think mm-hmm. of it? Have you done anything with on the show about it? I haven't, but you know, I got to get myself on the Silk Road yeah. through the show. You know, I think that that's where really that food got popularized. Picking up all the spices from the Silk Road. And what Next do you? Season. So what's going on, on the show besides us? Yeah, uh, I know it's not what, much. Are the, what other episodes should people look forward to besides us? Oh uh, well, so the two episodes that we've screened so far, well, Global Locavore, and you guys saw the episode where we went to visit the duck farm as well. Yes. You know? yeah. So <laughs> speaking of um, ducks and balut, just kidding. Um, <laughs> it was very appetizing, <laughs> um, but. Uh, uh, that that was one of my actually probably my favorite episode because we got to go and visit like the global local vor trends as we saw it in China with Adai who's this Alice Waters of China I mean he, everything that he serves he grows or procures from a very you know like a two hour radius of his restaurant and so he's always cooking in season and he's really like encouraging seasonality and he's really encouraging you know these new generations of Chinese to go back to farming and to really get involved in what we're feeding the future generations and where in China is he um he's in Hangzhou so which is right outside of Shanghai as you know um and then we came back to New York and we met with Farmers here, including one of the original bok choy growers. You know, do you ever wonder when you go to Chinatown and you're buying bok choy and it's so cheap, it's like 10 pounds for a dollar? Yeah. I mean, I'm exaggerating here. And then you go to your local Whole Foods and it's like one pound for $10. Are you telling you're me like, Whole Foods is ripping me off? <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't know that. It's possible. No, I trusted but... <laughs> you. You're right, though. Yay always buys, my wife always buys uh, all that kind of stuff in Chinatown. Yeah, and you're kind of like, How did you guys do that? I still have not broken the secret. That's something I'd really love to explore on one of these shows. It's like, how can these Chinese vendors sell their food for so much less? And it's so beautiful and fresh, you know? So um, I think that's one of the holdups in the trade deal right now. Trump is pressing them on this bok choy. Wait, I don't think they're (laughs) importing it. They must be growing it somewhere in America. So like this guy, Sang Lee, that I visited, he's in North Fork. You know, he was one of the largest one of the um, country's largest bok choy purveyors. In America? In America. And um, he just basically said that he just got out-competed by it all, you know, because it's just all such a price-down competition. Um, The way that it is in China, you know, it's like if you don't want to buy your bok choy here, you could just go one stall down and somebody's going to sell it to you for two, two, uh, one, (laughs) equi (laughs) pianyi. That's a tip for our listeners. Yeah. Buy bok choy in Chinatown. And it's yes. interesting what you said about the farmers, the guy encouraging people to become farmers again in yeah. China. Uh, it, saying some, Calling someone a farmer in China is an insult. 
Yes. Right? Well, uh, you know, it's just America, crazy it's the seen migration. As like a it's seen it's as like, like a peasant. <laughs> Almost, right? Yes, because formerly that's the way that, um, you know, the country's wealth equity was was made up. You know, all the farmers were the ones that were starving. And so that's why everybody is now moving en masse to Shanghai and all the secondary cities. It's a real punch-down society. There's no hipsters who are becoming... That's that's the thing. This sounds like the beginning of it, maybe. (laughs) This one guy in Hangzhou. It does. Like, whereas in, you know, the U.S., especially in um, California, like, hey, look, Alice Waters would put a peach on a plate and say... This is it. Unembellished. <laughs> this this is, it. is art. You know, the <laughs> farmers, it's like, get the credit um, instead of the chefs. And so, you know, I think that that movement is coming back in China now. People are really caring about where their food is sourced. And the farmers are becoming a bit of a rock star these days. Wow. Yeah. Rock stars. So what? Um, okay. So then with the show, you have six episodes airing now. Yes. And then with the festival, so is your job, you just, you, I mean, not, not just, but you put these festivals on around the United States. That sounds like, that sounds like a lot of work, but it also sounds like a lot of fun. It is. I mean, that's how we really started off, just reintroducing the diaspora of Asian food in these major cities. So, you know, we also go to Chicago, Boston, um, other places, and wherever we go, you know, we'll work with our culinary council and put together what we think is the best representation of Asian cuisine going on in that city at that time. And it doesn't have to be all so-called authentic or traditional Asian cuisine. A lot of our chefs are actually non-Asian and they're, they are yet inspired by the cuisines of Asia or um, the ingredients, the cooking methods, or just love Asian food and want to do something different for our festivals. So there are walk-around tastings where we put together these great chefs. You can go and taste everything. You can taste tons of cocktails. This year, we're working with Remy XO to make specialty cocktails. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, we branched off into creating media. So Lucky Chow, season three, now broadcast. Um, and we're also just... You know, I think of my job as bringing greater awareness um, to Asian culture and specifically through the lens of food because food is so appetizing and universal. We all have to eat and we all love to eat. So um, whatever kind of fits within that bracket is what I do. So cool. And what's that, what do you want to do on Lucky Chow that you haven't done yet? Well, I actually would love to drive around the U.S. um, and just stop and explore how Asian food has permeated our backyards, you know, because in this episode for season three, we went abroad for the first time. We went to Shanghai. We went to Seoul. And that was really important for me to just show how Asian food culture has gone full circle and come back to influence what we eat here in the U.S., um, and how, you know, our perceptions of, of Asian culture has changed based on food. Um, but I think that there's so many stories to be told about, you know, say Burmese or, you know, Cambodian refugees, like how they found their home in the U.S. and the towns that they're, that they are, um, really impacting um, in our backyards, the Korean adoptees, for instance, you know, who are learning about their 
their heritage through their food um, and then passing it on to all their school children and their next generations. I mean, I'd love to just drive around, go on a road trip and see what's happening out here in this vast country of America. There's probably great restaurants that we don't even know about in like some suburb of Des Moines or yeah, something. Yeah, I'm you sure know? that there is. It's just some just people some, doing I, really wacky Yeah, some stuff. Cambodian guy who's like an immigrant yes. who opened it up. I remember having great Chinese food in Birmingham, Alabama. So. Really? Yeah. I there did. you go. <laughs> don't remember the name of the place. We went to this uh, Hawaiian place on Staten Island. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> oh, Polynesian. Yeah, we, Polynesian Chinese. We, oh. we were we were told it was Chinese. I mean, it when was we got there. It, it was Chinese in, in American sense of the term. It was an American re- Chinese <laughs> to me. It was not Chinese, but yeah, it was pretty funny. Jade uh, Island, check it out. Oh, All right. I will. Staten Island, it's quite a quite a quite have, scene. I will get the poo poo platter. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just for, yeah. Well, Danielle, thank you for doing the podcast. Ah, oh, such fun always to see you guys. Yeah. Yes. Where can, and where can everyone find you on Twitter, Instagram, or your lo- oh, on the, show? the Danielle Chang on Instagram, and uh, go to luckyrice.com and luckychow.org. Oh, and where's the festival hitting this year? So people can the go. The festival is hitting L.A., San Francisco, New York. Miami and Houston. So go Houston. to luckyrice.com, sign up for our newsletters, and we'll definitely let you know when we're coming your way. When's the New York one? We got to go. Yeah, you guys have to go. Um, that is coming up on September 28th. All right. Save the date. We're in. Save the date. We're in. right now. Okay. Danielle, thank you for doing it. Thank you. Shishia. Cap, let's get to the news. Play the music. Back Kaplan, the news this week is brought to you by Laugh Pass. Laugh Pass. We love Laugh Pass. They gave you and you ran to Kaplan because you had a heart attack. I mean, the heart attack keeps paying for itself. They gave you two free Laugh Passes for a year. Yeah, I got a, a year long membership. Shout and out to Stand Up New York if you're in New York so, City. So that's... Com- hack comedians can uh, rip, can make fun of me in the audience when I sit there with my life vest. Your life vest. Gonna... I also want to say this about the life vest, which I didn't mention earlier. It doesn't. You make it sound like a life jacket. Yeah. Which that would be. It's not. It's not even noticeable. You told me you were going to have it coming in. I don't see. You don't yeah. see it at all. Well, that's because of my svelte body. I, online, a lot of women are complaining. It's very hard to put on. If you have, uh, I think if you have boobs. Oh really? It's kind of like putting on a bra though. It's got the things, and I couldn't get it buttoned. I had Randy. She's like, you don't know how to like hook a bra up. I was like, I've never hooked a bra in my life. I know how to unhook it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know how to put it back on. But it's, uh, <laughs> but it's under your shirt. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like a, like a, um, like a, what's the guy in Teen Wolf or whatever. Like, a, like oh, like a, more like a bulletproof thing? Oh, like, like a, a big fur? jacket, big like ja- an outside <laughs> jacket thing. You call it life vest. Yeah, Teen that. Wolf. You really got the great 80s references going tonight. Yeah, hey, I really do. All right, anyway, <laughs> Laugh Pass. Laugh Pass is um, but run out of stand-up New York comedy club, but also they have clubs around the United States. It's a partnership with all these great comedy clubs in most cities in the U.S. It's a one-year membership to a comedy club. Unlimited free shows at the comedy club in your city. If you're in New York City, it's stand-up New York for... $139. For, with the, if you put in the promo code LOSTINAMERICA at checkout, go to standupny.com, put in the cr- promo code LOSTINAMERICA at checkout, you get it for a $20 discount, you get it for $139. That's pretty good. You get unlimited shows for the entire year for you. 
plus a friend. Anytime you want to bring a friend with you, you get a plus one. So you can come with a friend. They get to go for free. Plus, you get a free bottle of wine uh, during your if you go on the week of your birthday. If you can show your ID, a free bottle of wine. Plus, you get a free drink every single time you show up. That's 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 life. That you to feel like a real VIP. Plus, you get VIP seating. Yeah, that means I hope they you give get me to pick free low sodium treats. Yeah, you get to pick where you want to sit in the arena. In the in the sorry, now the arena in the comedy club. If you're a stand up New York, you get the James Wilk booth seats. <laughs> you get the upper the uh, little platform above the seating. And I'm gonna throw in a little bonus, a little cross promotion. John Wilkes booth. John Wilkes booth. <laughs> little cross promotion. Whenever I go, since I have a membership, yeah, I I will ent. That I'm going to the comedy show that night. So if you follow me on Ents, Lost in America, or follow Captain America on Ents. Yes. You will know I'm going to be there as yes. a fan. You can come see me too. Plus, you know, a little you, that. Plus, you <laughs> get uh, at places like Stand Up New York, they get Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Kevin Hart. Even better than me. Bill Burr. These people, <laughs> Kaplan, Turner Sparks. These people pop in all the time and do guests. They do sets. They're not announcing it. They're unannounced sets. No, the public doesn't know. You're just sitting there watching a show, and they go, next on stage, we have Jerry Seinfeld. Wow, you can see him for free instead of for $500. And you're going to know about it because they're going to text you. They'll text you in advance and say, hey, yeah. guess who's coming down tonight? Yeah. You get to see all that. Plus, <laughs> most importantly, it supports the podcast. We get a little kickback. I'm not afraid to say that. We do? Yeah, we get, I don't know, 20 bucks or something like that. Do we like get that. a kickback on my free membership? No. I don't think we get one on your free membership. <laughs> but if anyone buys, it's another great way to support the pod. All now, right. Cap, let's get to the news. All right. What do we First got? First news story of the week to, this week comes to us from Bloomberg.com. The beleaguered Chinese company that made news last year paying its bond investors in ham <laughs> instead of cash has a new problem. It's running low on pigs. <laughs> So there's a Chinese company that right pays in your wheelhouse. They pay their nuts. investors in ham. I'm gonna come out in favor of this. Yeah, I mean that's like old school, the barter system. Is this, uh, this is the year of the pig? It's the Co- year of the pig. So this is the year you should not be running out of pigs in China. No, every company, every everything's coming up ham this year. <laughs> everything's coming yeah. up ham. You shouldn't be running. Up, I got to say this. So I'm gonna go out on a on a limb and say these debt collectors. Yeah. Not Jewish. Not Jewish. No. Right? Or not Muslim either. They're willing to be paid in ham. Yeah, it's a good way to, uh, if you want to keep the Jews out of your business. Do you, when you were, uh, when you had Mr. Softy, did you guys have bonds you issued or anything? Do you have any no. debt that you had pay off in ham? I'm sure you wouldn't have paid in ham. It's too valuable to you, but. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I, yeah, I would have. Uh, did you maybe, pay in any other items? or Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, uh, wheat bread. Maybe sheep. Sheep? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no ham. No. When we did Mr. Softy, it's a good point. There was no, the, 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 there was no line of credit system even established in uh, 10 years ago in China. They didn't have credit? No one had credit? It was so impossible to get, it wasn't even worth it. You would have to put up literally like everything you own. Like to get $30,000 in credit, you would have to put up a million dollars. Jesus. Because no one paid, because it was a, it was an outlaw uh, culture. In America, you put up $30,000 to get a million. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the exact flipped, exact yeah. opposite. So you couldn't get loans because no one was good for loans. Because mm. no, if you didn't want to repay your loan, there was no government, there was no law established to really track you down. Right. So you just say, man, I'm sorry, I'm not paying. Big deal. What are you going to do about it? So this guy started being putting up pigs. So he put up <laughs> pigs. Yeah, he, but he must have had, I mean, this, this is like a, a new subprime crisis. It's amazing. He didn't have enough pigs. It was like a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. He just kept pushing it over and assumed that we'll never have to collect all the pigs. Who was the guy in New York? <laughs> Madoff. He was the Madoff. He was the Gentile Madoff. Yeah, Madoff, uh, Madoff never did this either, let me tell well, you. Well, he never would have done it with pigs. Yeah, exactly. 
The cash crunch <laughs> that left Chung, it's called Chungying Ag- Agro Pastoral Group Company uh, co- uh, Corporation is is the company. So the cash crunch that left Chungying Agro Pastoral Group unable to service forty million dollars in U.S. forty million dollars U.S. in debt. That's uh, a lot of BLTs. Has now intensified to the point that it's unable to buy enough feed, according to the announcement on the Shenzhen Stock Exchange. So what blows my mind is this is a publicly <laughs> listed company. <laughs> stock you can buy? You can your shareholder and in the shareholder report. It's like we don't have it. We need money. We need to raise capital so we can buy more feed to, to feed more pigs so we can pay off the debtors. And yeah, it's all it's a cycle. It's a never ending cycle. You got to feed the pigs to pay off the pigs, and forty million dollars in pigs didn't get them kicked off of the Shenzhen Stock <laughs> how Exchange. Pigs is that forty million dollars? It's a lot of pigs. But I love it that that didn't get him kicked off the stock exchange. They're still somehow qualified uh, to invest in. What's the symbol? Maybe you should. You know how, like, when people have, uh, every time you have a kid, a lot of times Jews do this. And Gentiles might too. You buy the kid, like, a couple shares of Disney stock is a big one. You know what Gentiles do? What's that? My dad buy when my brother had a kid. He bought um he bought a barrel of uh, of uh, rum <laughs> oh, or whiskey from like Ireland. For, the for Ben, yeah, for Ben, ben. Sparks has a barrel of whiskey. He's got a barrel of whiskey, and it's and like it, when he uh, graduates college, oh, high school or college, he can sell where it. Where's that barrel? It's sitting in Ireland. It's sitting in Ireland. Yeah. It's and in how a, does he collect these? Go to Ireland. Yeah, you have to go. Like you <laughs> so own it. You and lose then, money on this deal. Yeah, at some point or Scotland maybe, and oh. then Tyler and I, you can drink a shot of whiskey a year. Out of it. Okay. So we're oh, thinking yeah. of going one year and like on the last day and drinking two shots. Oh, yeah. Back to back. Over New Year's Eve. That's a good idea. But for you, if you have kids or if Tyler's another kid, I'm buying you guys shares. You're buying the kids shares in this pig stock. Great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Next story. This comes to us from Forbes, Kaplan. We're really uh, using reputable organizations today. The world's first artificial intelligence TV host presided over this year's China Central Television CCTV Spring Festival Gala, one of the world's most watched TV broadcasts. How's that? I don't even understand how this works. Robot TV anchors. Oh my! I mean, the TV anchors are so charming on their own. They don't. How can you be a robot? CCTV. <laughs> also, CCTV Spring Festival Gala. Like a billion people watch it. Like they said, it's like three Super Bowls. Right. It's like instead of having who does the Super Bowl? Jim Nance. Jim. It depends which network, but it could be Colin. Yeah. Nance and Romo. Yeah, it would be a, instead of Romo, it would be a robot. Right, robot, robot, robot Romo. So the audience of over one billion worldwide tuned into the ver- to the variety shows, uh, into the various shows marking the Chinese New Year's Chinese Lunar New Year on February fifth for the Spring Festival Gala. The four well-known human hosts, uh, Bing Sa, Shunzhu, Bo Gao, and, and Yang Long, <laughs> were joined by. AI copies of themselves. In effect, their very own digital twins. Oh, so they take the same people who are famous and they just don't use them? They no, yeah, p- they recreate them as artificial intelligence. Do, you, do the people get paid for using their likeness? No idea. <laughs> but I got a billion dollar yeah. idea. This is The Oscars should have this. Yeah, you can't be controversial. Well, you can't, yeah, me wait, too. check the Twitter on that AI before you. You can't, that's what I'm saying. The AI, they don't have racist tweets they don't have or homophobic too. tweets or Me Too charges. So they couldn't find a host this year for the Oscars, right? Yeah, they didn't. Who they hosted didn't. it? I didn't it even a, watch. They, it was just like, there was no host, is my understanding. They just People just kept, which, by the way, proved you probably don't need a host. People just come up and say, different people say things. It worked? I think it worked. I don't know. It's the same boring crap as always. Did anyone watch it? I mean. I tuned it, in for like five minutes, and I realized not only have I not heard of the host, I've never heard of the movies. We didn't hear the host because there was no host. <laughs> or whatever, the, the presenters. <laughs> yes, I yeah. didn't know who they were. Yeah. Uh, Weber was watching it from Thailand. And, and truthfully, about- if you have a whole group of people who've never me too, who've never been racist, who've never been homophobic, how interesting. interesting is that going to be? That's not art. 
That's art not comes, art. Where does the art? That's the antithesis of like the Howard Stern show. Yeah. <laughs> you get in all the whack pack and now I'm listening. Yeah. So you're saying that AI, oh, let's look down the road here. Can they replace us? Yeah, they can replace anything. That's not good. No, we it's have awful. to kill this industry off. Also, we or, know, I know a guy, uh, Dashan, his name's uh, Mark Roswell. He was the most famous foreigner in China for like two decades, and he became famous because in the 1980s, he was on this Spring Festival Gala, and he was a white guy who spoke Chinese, and Chinese people love that. Hmm. Now, that job doesn't exist. Because people speak Chinese, what, English? Or no, because it's all speak? AI. Oh, my God. This is like the next big thing. There, he ended like, up becoming a famous comedian. There are no going to be I no famous comedians. Being hosts and being comedians is like are the coal jobs. They're going away. They're not coming back. The coal mine. Yeah, it's the coal <laughs> mines. Learn to code. Learn to code. Learn oh, to code. We got to wrap this podcast up. It's also a next level authoritarian move to say like we're not even going to take a chance with you saying the wrong thing on TV. We're just going to computer program. Yeah, you could actually come up with complete free speech rules then because there's not a person to violate them. Yeah, these so, robots until they go rogue. And here's my last and then question. People start getting offended by what the robots say. I will <laughs> say, I guarantee you, the robots still at some point do blackface. <laughs> because in China last year on the Spring Festival Gala, they had a bunch of Chinese people do blackface. I remember that. And then American uh, media tried to get them to apologize for it. They're like, what? No. Yeah. Like they didn't even think it was offensive. So then the AI guy is going off. The AI is going off of what's normal in that culture. In China. So they're going to start doing blackface. So blackface uh, is still fine. <laughs> That's good. Last story of the week, Kaplan. The Washington Examiner. All right. Is that? I've never heard of that. I think it's a new paper. A new paper. Need, it's very rare to have a new paper. They need our help. <laughs> they are lost in America. <laughs> they, Starting a newspaper now? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, a conservative. I don't think it's daily. I think it's a weekly paper. The newspaper world is over. But the Washington Examiner says Arizona state lawmakers propose porn tax to fund the border wall. I mean, that is a billion-dollar idea, literally. That is. Republican state rep Gail Griffin introduced a bill. It's a female. Gail Griffin introduced a bill that would require electronic devices bought or sold in the state to have software that blocks the use the users from accessing pornography. Those who want to watch porn would have to pay a one-time fee of at least $20 to the Arizona Commerce Authority. So it's like a shakedown, basically. It's a shakedown, It's like, yeah. we're going to block the porn, and then you pay us 20 bucks. Yeah, you pay 20 bucks, you can have we'll it back. Oh, my God. That's... Deactivate. It's like what, uh, it's like, uh, what Cinemax did <laughs> in the 80s. Deactivating the software without paying the fee would become a crime under the proposed legislation. Okay, I have mm, an idea. A lot of problems with this. Lot. I know how Gary Johnson now is going to become a, a, uh, a senator. The senator? The election already happened. For the next election. <laughs> next year, okay. Move to Arizona. All He's right. right next door. He's in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So all you have to do, run in Arizona and run under the platform that he will pay for everyone's access to this porn. Yeah. $20 a person. That can't be that much. But did they? Yeah. Oh, so this would just be in Arizona. It would just be in Arizona. So Arizona's going to pay for their part of the wall. Is this idea like they don't? I, I guess uh, that's that's very nice of them to by limiting in. your porn. <laughs> yeah, Gary Johnson. Well, it's very also it would make it would, uh, two things. One is that's how Gary Johnson can win, and I I imagine he would do it with his uh, free every. You know, he wants society to be free. He, free. Free in terms of like free. Oh, free like liberty. Yes, liberty. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. you can do whatever yeah, you want, not right? Like the AOC method of it. No, 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 no. <laughs> like no. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think the AOC. I think you've. But if you also hit upon something here, and this is a great way. Maybe she's doing a reverse thing, trick to get. Because like if you think of Trump's base, it's mostly like men, right, of a certain age, older white working class men. The ones who Wait, want the wall? Like the owner of the uh, New England Patriots. They're like the owner of the England Patriots. Those are the kind of guys who also like porn. Most likely. Yeah. So if you're going to tax, you're going to make them get mad about the porn, then they're going to turn on the wall. 
So I think it's going to backfire. Well, they'll be digging a hole the other way to try to get porn out of Mexico. Yeah, they'll be free digging porn. a hole under the wall. Yeah, they have good porn in Mexico, I'm sure. Need, there's because uh, they've already once they legalize marijuana, we don't really need the drugs from Mexico are going that's going to dry up. But if you de- if you uh, make there are porn, other drugs. If you make porn <laughs> illegal, yeah. Now that 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 pipeline opens right back up. You get they're, they're smuggling in playboys. Yeah. There's certain things that you just can't tax in this world without causing a riot among at least to the at least to people the things that are important. Yes. And you know, I hate when they raise taxes on like alcohol. On anything. They should lower those taxes. Yeah. And you know, they're going to tax dr- marijuana as Gary Johnson talked about. There's a big racket with the marijuana and gambling sure. where the government's going to tax crony stuff. capitalism. Crony capitalism, which, which I'm in favor of. But. but I'm telling you, when crony capitalism, it, you say oh, I don't care about that it doesn't affect me. Porn is where the buck stops. Exactly. Cuz you know, I've had, First they if you've came. had a heart attack and you're sitting around the house all day, people are like, what are you doing all day? I mean, you got to watch that the buzzer's going off. <laughs> the buzzer's Let's just going say off. That. Let's go. Warning, warning, I mean, they warning. should at least subsidize wee, it wee, for uh, people who've had heart attacks or other ailments <laughs> and they can't leave the house. That life vest. The life is vest moving. is lighting up. It's moving and it's shaking. <laughs> a lot of shaking. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is you're talking about free health care. And also explains it's going to be moving and shaking on the subway if you don't watch out. <laughs> exactly. Uh, bystanders, stand back. Beware. The best is when you turn it off. Then it says, "Bystanders, don't be alarmed." <laughs> like it's like the bomb threat's over. Everybody, come back over to the guy with the crazy vest on of the fanny pack. Cap, that's our <laughs> podcast, season two, episode one, episode one hundred and twenty overall. What should we do? Let's uh, let's quit while ahead. I'm still alive. Let's get lost. Thank you to Danielle Chung. Last thing, go check her out. Lucky Rice. Check us out on Lucky Chow. We're on Saudi Airlines. We're on Saudi Air. It's a good excuse if you've ever wanted to go to Saudi Arabia. Now's your time. You can get there in time. When is the big uh, time to go to Mecca? Uh, probably not whenever yeah. you, they're uh, <laughs> killing journalists. But uh, any they, other time. That's alleged. Or we're alleged, in favor of that alleged. now that they support us. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Do whatever you want to journalists. And support the pod. Support the pod. <laughs> as long as you click through Amazon before you do whatever you want to journalism. Yes. And Thai Airlines, shout out to them. They're full. Check us out on Thai Airlines. Check Big us fan. out on Amazon all over the world. Check us out on the PBS app all over the world. And uh, God willing, check us out on Nat Geo in Asia. Or else we'll have to we'll have to treat them like a Saudi journalist. Yes. God willing. Baruch Hashem. Anyway, <laughs> get lost. Get lost. <laughs>
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.